Thanks, Joan. And uh, everybody in the band this morning, it's always good to have a nice full band to lead us in worship. And it's, it's powerful, it's good, it's right that we should give our all and worship God with, with everything, give our best. And actually, that last song, that last song, Let Faith Arise, I, I love that song because there's a certain honesty to it. You see, it's a certain honesty that says, it's, it's almost we're singing to ourselves, aren't we? We're almost reminding ourselves, God of miracles, come, we need your supernatural love to shine through. You know, we need it. We all need it at times. We all have those moments where we, we cry out to God. Because, frankly, we all have those moments, if we're honest to ourselves, where we kind of feel like faith has evaporated a bit. Like, we look around us and we just see the frustration, we just see the difficulty. And the passage we're looking at this morning, it's a very long passage, but we're going to read the whole thing because it's scripture and it's good to read scripture. So we are going to read the whole thing. But before we do, um, it's Hebrews chapter 11. It's the whole chapter that we're, we're looking at this morning. We're going to read it and then we're going to pull out of it some, um, some, some thoughts and some points. Um, I read this week, as I was... Preparing, I read a, um, an article that I found um, about the letter to the Hebrews. And it's one of these letters, we don't know much about it. We don't know who wrote it. We don't know who the Hebrews were, where they were. We don't know what the context is. But what I read this week said, imagine the letter to the Hebrews is written by a minister whose church have given up who have come in one Sunday morning, looked around and said the same old thing again. The same old message, the same old songs, the same prayers, the same feeling of helplessness in a world which doesn't seem to bear the hallmark of a loving God. And he said, imagine that this this congregation have come in one Sunday morning, looked at each other and said, no, enough's enough. We're not doing this anymore. Let's go. And the minister's been standing there saying, no, 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 please, 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 don't, don't. But they're going out the door. And eventually he grabs a pen and paper, he hastily makes some notes, and then goes chasing after them, gets halfway across the car park, and says, listen! And so begins the letter to the Hebrews. This, this, explanation. This is why we do what we do. This is why we believe what we believe. Look back at everything that has gone before and have faith. Hold strong. Not not let that be in vain. So we're picking this up in chapter 11 where the writer has looked back at things that have happened. He's examined Jesus He's identified our great high priest, the importance of the cross, everything that changed because of what Jesus did. And now he comes to discuss faith. Because let's face it, we are all here because of faith. No matter how real our Christian experience has been, no matter how blatant an answer to prayer has been or how unexplainable a miracle has been in our lives, it's faith that drives us to be here. We could put an answer to prayer or a miracle down to a coincidence. But when we pray for something, we think, no, I put my faith in God and my faith is in the fact that God has answered my prayer. 
It's faith. And so it's important, isn't it, that we, we know what faith is. And the author of the letter to the Hebrews gives us a definition at the start of chapter 11. So I'm going to read the whole of chapter 11. It's a long chapter. Try and stay with me. Follow it. If, you, if you've got a Bible with you, then please follow it. If not, then I would say close your eyes and listen, but there's every chance that you might nod off. So, but hopefully we can avoid that, because this is important stuff. It's important stuff, and we can learn so much from it. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would receive later, as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him for the same promise. He was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead and figuratively speaking he did raise, receive Isaac back from death. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. 
By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she she welcomed the spies, was not killed by those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and ill-treated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. These were all condemned for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us they would be made perfect. A long passage, but a brilliant passage. A passage that when we feel like we're with that congregation halfway across the car park saying, I've had enough, I've had enough, this is irrelevant, this is, this is completely out of sync with what, what is going on in the world. How can we possibly identify ourselves as the children of a loving father when there is so much going wrong? We need to turn to scripture. We need to be reminded why we do what we do. We have that brilliant definition. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Many people would say that's a contradiction in terms, to be certain of something you do not see. But that's faith. That's faith. There's an alpha call starting up up at Perry Street this afternoon and there's going to be people going who have never before investigated Scripture and the Word of God. They've never before considered what it means to have a personal relationship with God. And there will come a time on that course 
when they ask question after question after question and they get answer after answer after answer. But there will have to become a time where they have faith where they accept that there are some things that we don't know, some things that we cannot see, some things that are yet to be revealed to us. And that is what requires faith. Faith is perseverance. But of course there are some things that we can look around us and see. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So in other words, to the congregation fleeing out of the car park, the minister is saying, stop. Let's let's just remind ourselves, let's go back to the basics. Let's just remind ourselves that we can look around and see evidence of a creator. How else did this get here? Because once there was nothing and now there's not nothing. There are things. There is something. There is a created world. And the the systems, the delicate balance that keeps it going day after day, year after year, is so, so incredibly specific, so amazingly designed, that we can't just put that down to luck. We can't just put that down to fate. Even in in the world we are today, 2,000 years later, science has come on leaps and bounds. Science can do incredible things. But it can't explain why we're here. It can't explain where we all came from, it keeps trying. And to be honest, it's made impressive progress. We know an awful lot more about the world in which we live than we used to, and there's more to learn in the future because God reveals to us bit by bit how things work. But ultimately, there has to be faith. The writer then goes on, doesn't he, to list these people that as soon as you hear the name, it's almost like Pavlov's dog, isn't it? We hear the name and we immediately know the story. He says, think of Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets. There are more, but we haven't got time to go into all that. But just think of just those people. Think of those stories. Think of what God's done. Are you really saying that you're giving up on all that? Are you really saying that that was just a happy coincidence of events? Are you really saying that those people, their strength of faith was a mistake? That they went through all that suffering, that persecution by accident? That it, was, that it was an error? That there was no need? Do you really believe that? No. Surely you can't believe that. He points out that, that faith could be when we look at creation. He also points out that faith demands sacrifice. He looks at Abel offering a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. So faith is sacrificial. We have to, give, we have to be sacrificial in the way that we practice our faith. Anyone can say they have faith. There are plenty of people in the world, in this country especially, who say, yeah, I believe in something. I think I was christened as a, as a child. Not quite sure, but I'm pretty sure I was. Yeah, I, I believe in something. And you think, no, you can't say that. I had a conversation with a guy a little while ago who said, who said yeah, I, I, I believe, I believe in, in God. I think, you know, I don't pick a religion. You think, it's not that easy. You can't have that lazy theology. You can't have that lazy approach that just kind of says, yeah, I'm... I'll say I believe in something and then when when my time comes, 
when I meet the big man in the sky, he'll let me in. He'll be happy with that, that'll be all right. Why? What sort of relationship is that? Of course that's not good enough. We, we hear about Noah, don't we? Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Imagine being Noah, living in a fairly warm, dry country, and suddenly you hear from God to build a boat. You don't even live on the coast. You haven't even got a little holiday home to take it to. Build a boat. What a ridiculous thing to be told to do. But in holy fear, because Noah put his faith in God, he did. And we know the story. So faith can recognise prophecy and faith is what makes us act upon a word from God. Imagine if Noah hadn't built that boat. The flood would still have come because God had said, I'm going to flood the world. Build a boat. Might be a good idea. Save your family. Save the world. And Noah did. Because his faith, his faith was not in what the world told him. His faith was in what God told him. We hear about Enoch and how faith Faith secured Enoch's salvation. Enoch's faith was so strong, so secure, so, so incredibly, um, admirably founded in God that God didn't even want him to go through the pain of death. So we told he was just removed. All these, all these stories, all these people, we think that now it kind of works like a like a little bell to make us start salivating with memories of the stories. Well, imagine what it would have been like to the Hebrews. These people who were brought up memorising the scrolls, memorising what they heard through the oral tradition. Every name that was, that was dropped throughout that chapter. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah. And suddenly, bang, they're confronted with this, this weight of evidence to revitalise and strengthen their faith. But it is still faith that is required. Faith is powerful. As the writer tells us, reminds us, it was faith that brought down the walls of Jericho. Faith has power. Faith is sacrificial, as we've said. Faith is painful. Faith is painful. Some were tortured. Some faced jeers and flogging. Some were chained and put in prison. Some were stoned. Some were sawn in two. Some were put to death by the sword. Faith is painful. But faith is determined. Faith is determined. Others were tortured and refused to be released so they might gain a better resurrection. They refused to... To be released, they could have so easily taken the easy way out. Time and again, we see in Scripture people being told, renounce your faith, bow down to a different God. No. No. I'll stay in prison. Do your worst. Do what you like. But my faith will not let me compromise my God. Faith is determined. But you see, it's not all bad. Good news, isn't it? 
faith is perfecting. Faith is, faith is required for us to improve ourselves. It's through faith that day by day we stick with God. We want to become more Christ-like in what we do. It's, it's through faith that we are prepared to put ourselves in a position where, where the world says, why on earth do you believe that? And sometimes we don't have an answer. We don't have a ready answer or a, a quick, clever thing to come back with. And that can be frustrating. But faith, faith is the thing that stops us from saying, ah, yeah, I don't know, really. <laughs> yeah, sit the old me. I won't, I'll, I'll, you know, forget I ever mentioned God. Faith is a thing that says, I just believe in it. And sometimes that's all we need to say. Sometimes, sometimes we'll get mocked and jeered, which has been going on since the dawn of time. But other times we'll have more questions. But why? What, what, what do you get from it? And suddenly you realise that all these people in the world are just waiting to hear, just waiting for the, the word, the invitation. I've noticed um, uh, on Mondays and uh, Thursdays, Joe works long days, so I collect Timothy from school. And we get home and recently, um, uh, our house isn't particularly big, but thankfully nor is Timothy at the moment, and so he can still play hide and seek quite well at home. And I've noticed something. I've noticed that when I start counting, you hear a, a thunder of feet go running off and you can generally guess the area where he is. Um, he's not exactly MI6 material, I don't think. Um, but he, he, goes, he goes and disappears and he hides. And I've noticed. I go through the, the normal rigmarole of searching every room, even though you know he's not there. And, and, oh, I wonder if he's behind... Oh, he's not behind the curtain. And you go through all that. But if I take too long... If I take too long, then suddenly you notice a foot poking out of the cupboard or, or an arm just draped, hanging out the side of the bed where he's hidden. You see, if he goes on too long, he gets a bit... He, he wants to be found. He doesn't want to hide anymore. He wants to be found, but he doesn't want to give the game... He doesn't want to say, boom, I'm here! He wants to be found. The world is full of people who, who are hiding, who are hiding from the truth, hiding from God. And yet, every now and then, they just stick a little foot out. Because actually, actually, most of them, they want to be found. They're just not quite sure how to, how to go about it. Every now and then. Faith is rewarding. Faith is rewarding. This passage, time and time again, it says how the people who are, the, the people who are, who, are, who are mentioned, whose stories we're reminded of, never received what was promised. The obvious, the obvious one being Moses. Abraham never saw the descendants, did he? He saw some, but he didn't see as many as there are stars in the sky. God makes promises and often they're part of the, the, the master plan. God's overall plan for mankind. And although they're a promise to an individual, that individual is never going to see that promise come to fruition. But that individual carries on because of faith. By faith, he carries on. Each one of us, we are here today, I hope, because we believe that the promise of the resurrection, the promise of the second coming the promise of the second coming will be fulfilled. By faith we believe that. We are here today by faith. 
just as all of these people lived their lives by faith. So we have a part to play in this tapestry, don't we? Each and every one of us. Many of these people at times have felt cut off, abandoned. They would have felt, well, what part am I playing? Surely I'm just the the loose thread that's been unpicked and I'm I'm the hole in the tapestry. Surely I, I, I haven't got a part to play and yet they're recorded in Scripture. And yet their, their stories are some of the richest parts of the tapestry that God weaves from the beginning to the end of time. And each one of us is a thread in that tapestry. And that's incredible. If we, if we join the congregation, legging it out the door, going to the car park, saying, no, enough's enough, do you know what we do? We leave a hole. Now, there are holes. Let's not pretend. There are holes in God's tapestry because there are so many people who have chosen not to follow the plan that he has for them. But... But the tapestry is still going. We still have a choice whether we're going to leave a hole or whether we're going to carry on doing what we're doing to make sure that our thread remains strong. Faith costs. For some people, faith costs an awful lot at one point. Maybe it costs their life. Maybe it costs a loved one, a relationship. Maybe it costs emotionally. It can even cost resourcefully as we give resources. There can be a, a one big down payment, but that's unusual. For most of us, faith costs not in the big things, but in the little things. One of the things we've been taught at college is, um, is in ministry. It won't be the, the big flashpoints, the major dramas that get you down. It will just be the daily routine the daily mundane routine where you're trying to say to people, believe in God! And people are saying, all right, and walking away because they couldn't care less. As Christians, that's what, that's what grinds us down. We can lay on events, we can, we can invite people to different courses, we can do all sorts of things. It doesn't mean people are going to turn up. And you can put so much work in. And it can grind you down. But by faith, we carry on. By faith. Because we know the weight of evidence that stands to support what we believe in. And by faith, we believe in it. As soon as we become effective in our faith, as soon as we become bold in our faith, there is one who stands against us. There's one who immediately wants to discourage us and stop us. Immediately there's one that wants to, wants to make what seems like a really easy event to organise really complicated. There's one who wants to, wants to muddy those relationships, who wants that bitter root that the writer of Hebrews speaks about in the next chapter, that bitter root to grow up between people, defiling many, breaking churches, splitting congregations. As soon as we become active in our faith, as soon as we start putting, um, putting actions to our words... These things happen. We need to be on our guard. We need to be looking out for that. We need to make sure that as soon as we feel discouraged, as soon as, as, soon as we feel hurt, we don't let that beat us. We don't let that beat us. Because it's our faith that is being challenged. It's important that we respond in the right way. I've seen... I've seen that faith in action 
in different scenarios, not just since I've been in ministry, some of these were, were long before. I've seen it, the wife of an addict that I used to know. She was trapped in her marriage. She was miserable, but she still loved the guy she was married to. And so she didn't give up. I've seen it in, not in this church, but I've seen it in other churches. The small church youth work volunteer, where they've got three or four young people who come to the church and there's one person who, who desperately tries to put their all into make, putting on events and, and making things happen and trying to make scripture and, and church attractive to these young people and they lay on event after event after event and eventually when they get one, maybe two people turn up and half-heartedly take part, they feel like the life's been sucked out of them. They feel absolutely empty but they keep on going by faith. They feel trapped in serving. Or a single parent on a, on a low income could feel trapped in a job. I, I hate what I do. I hate getting up every morning, so I know I've got to go to that job and I've got to, I've got to deal with that boss and I've got to do what I have to do and I can't stand it, but I have to. I have no other choice. But you see, in those circumstances, the wife still loves her husband, she still believes, even though there's an addiction involved, she still loves and she still works hard because she believes in the marriage. The volunteer still goes to church every week, still smiles at those kids and says, hey, great, you coming next week? No? Okay, well, look, if you can, I'll be here. I'll, I'll be setting out the chairs and the tables and getting the food and setting up the telly and we'll have a great time. If you can make it, that'd be brilliant. Because he or her still believes in what they're doing. The single parent still goes to work because they still believe that they can give a better life to their child. You see, the world is built on faith. Everybody believes in something. I know it's an old cliche, but it's true. Everybody believes in something. But we believe in what is true. And we believe in everything that the Bible tells us. Those stories that the writer of Hebrews implores his, his listeners, his readers, to bear in mind, to take strength from. He implores them to hang their, their faith on them. Well, so should we. And in these situations the world throws at us, we should remember that faith doesn't always say, I want to. It doesn't always say that. Sometimes, frankly, we can't be bothered. We've lost interest. But faith is the bit of us that says, I have to. I have to. I don't know why, I just know that I have to put myself through this. I have to be able to beat the disappointment, the disillusionment, the hurt and the, the, the pain that this may cause, the frustration. I have to because of my faith. Perseverance is absolutely key to faith. We have to persevere in our faith. When Jesus showed his wounds to the disciple Thomas and Thomas then accepted that he was the risen Christ Jesus said to him you believe because you've seen blessed are those who believe even though they haven't seen we haven't seen we haven't put our hands in the wounds we haven't seen there's a weight of evidence that says you're mad believing what you believe, but there's a bigger weight of evidence. There is a bigger, bigger weight of evidence. 
underpinned by truth, which says, no, you are absolutely right to believe what you believe. It's not always going to be easy. There are going to be times when you're out of that door where you're halfway across the car park and then that voice comes into your mind saying, what about everything that's gone before? What about those moments in your life where you've had those miracles? Are you sure they were a coincidence? Because you prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and then it happened. Surely that's worth something. Surely the weight of Scripture is worth something. You'll get out of this pit and you'll once again rise up to the mountaintops where suddenly you have those moments of clarity, those moments where you feel like you can reach out and touch God. You can grab him by the hand and say, I'm with you, I'm with you, every step of the way. See, if we need this reminder, if anyone's sitting there today thinking, yeah, actually, I, I, feel, like, I feel like packing it in, I feel like not being here next week, I feel like having a lie-in for the next six months and then maybe popping along at Christmas or something, if anyone's sitting there feeling that, then if, if this reminder has been helpful, then come along this afternoon. We've got this Alpha call starting And it's a great opportunity for people to to be reminded. It's a great opportunity for people to start their their journey of faith, but it's also an exercise of strengthening faith. I've seen so many people who have been Christians for years do an Alpha course because they've wanted to to get back to why. To get back to that explanation, that reminder. This is why we have what we have. We believe what we believe. By faith we are here. By God's grace we are called to believe in him. So, the challenge. I normally at this point say the challenge this week, but it's not a challenge this week. The challenge for the rest of our lives. The challenge for the rest of our lives is to remember this passage. When we're in that pit, remember why we believe what we believe. By faith, by our faith, God works. He can use any one of us at any time no matter where we are in life, by faith we continue to serve him, to love him, to do his work. Let's pray.